Hey guys, welcome to the Babylon Pastor Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Rob. Stay with us as we talk about church, theology, culture, and everything in between. Hey guys, welcome back to our online community where, what, what do you want to call the people that listen to this podcast? We've never given them a name. Um, Babblers? The... I like that. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, babblers! Well, all these—I don't again—I don't know how much you watch, you know, online stuff, but all these cool vlogger, person, YouTube personalities always call their their followers something, and none of those names are coming to my mind right now for some reason because now I'm, I'm drawing a blank. But you guys—we'll just start every podcast with, "Hey, babblers, welcome back." I like that. I like even it. like the like the the Michelangelo Ninja Turtle thing. You got Cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah bro. we should we should use that every time I all right yeah great. can i talk like this too yeah bro cool bro <laughs> and somehow somehow we have to work in the word gnarly today oh, just the you know you okay so you're talking about the last couple episodes this month have been talking about words that people don't understand <laughs> I guarantee you people are like, what in the world is gnarly? The other day I was talking about, and you'll know this, and some people that listen to this will, but Will Smith getting jiggy with it. I, I said, get, get jiggy with it. And Haley goes, get what? Get, what? <laughs> I said, jiggy with it. It's a Will Smith song. Getting jiggy with it. What does yeah, jiggy know. mean? You know, to be honest, darling, I don't even know what jiggy means. So I'm just using the <laughs> word. So, Duh, it's dancing. Yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. Na 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 na. Na 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 na. Oh, I was really relying on you to pick that up there. And Didn't jiggy with it. <laughs> like that? Is that no, how it goes? I think I the know. speed was a little fast. Oh, okay. Right. Hey guys, hey, we are gonna talk about serious things today. Um <laughs> So the last two episodes, the first episode this month was about um it was about worship music and words we use and how that's kind of heard by the unbeliever. The second episode last week was about, um, you know, pastors and the words we use to communicate the word of God. But is that understandable? Is that, you know, do, do, do the people, believers or non-believers, understand what's being said? Do they know the definitions of some of these things? And making that as simplistic as possible in order to communicate the truth of the word to them. And then we're going to move on to more of a broader topic. Because, uh, again, if you missed the first episode, we mentioned it slightly in the second. But this whole topic this month was brought on by the fact that my daughter went to camp. She brought a friend with her that doesn't go to camp or never been to a, a Christian student camp before. Can't at all, for that matter. Um, and just kind of trying to see that experience through her eyes, being like, man, okay, these words that we're singing, what does that mean? These words that you're using, like, that's confusing. Sounds a little cult-like. <laughs> and then just the community part of it, right? Because Christian community hopefully looks different than other communities of people, right? So it's not just a club. I mean, I would contend, and we'll probably talk this out and work this out a little bit. If I can walk into a church and it doesn't feel any differently than it would me walking into a local like Lions Club or a local like, you know, you know, localized club in which we go and hang out and we talk and we have barbecues and we play car. I mean, like if it doesn't feel any different than that, um, I would contend there's probably a problem, but so there is going to be this little, this weirdness for, for an unbeliever walking into a church, or you would think they're a little bit just because of maybe how we interact with one another, how, you know, how we talk to one another, the things, I mean, 
I remember, and we, we grew up in this tradition, but it was always like brother so-and-so and sister so-and-so. And I remember at one point getting to my, asking my parents, why in the world are we using these terms? <laughs> like, I don't, I, it just sounds weird to me and having to talk through that and why, why we use those terms. So um, I'd love your perspective on this because I know like you open up your sermons with, hey, family, and then you go into that whole thing. So that wordage automatically kind of is a, is a little different than, you know, what you would get at a, a, a say a bridge club, <laughs> for example. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so this, th- this topic, when, when we just say Christian community and how it looks to the unbeliever or the outsider, or however you want to phrase that, um, I, I automatically see this topic as something um, almost more important than yeah. the first two. No, for sure. Um, because the first two, uh, as an unbeliever, you have to, whether you're invited by someone and you're appeasing them or uh, whether you're, you seek it out, you have to make the decision essentially to show up in that venue or to look it up and listen to that YouTube video or whatever, right? You have to make the decision to do that. However, hopefully, if we're doing what we should be doing as believers together in community, you should um, uh, possibly without consent be um, confronted with Christian community, even outside of the church walls or whatever. Um, so this is something that I think, um, in some ways the, and, and even, even, even if we're talking about church on Sunday morning, because they're going to be bombarded with the community before they ever sit down and begin to listen to worship music or preaching. Right. Mm -hmm. So automatically when I think of brother or sister, so-and-so and language like that. So I, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, and, and this is going to be a different answer probably for each unbeliever a little bit, but I'm wondering what do we, um, do they see us based on how we act as cultish, you know, or at, because that's a legitimate thing, no, right? Real. I mean, if you look or, at the early Christian writings from the Greeks, they were just like, for them, they're like, yeah, this is a weird cult. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And, uh, or a club, like you said, I think, Sometimes the language that we use for membership in a church sounds a lot like mm-hmm. a golf, uh, you know, uh, country club that you're joining or whatever. Um, I prefer that that we come off as a family. One, because theologically that's pretty accurate, right? That's why brothers and sisters um, is how people are addressed over and over again in scripture. Um, it's 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 why we uh, used that language as well within the church, even in our generation growing up, um, because we are a family. We're in the, the family of God, right? And we're his children. And so it is um, super important uh, piece of our identity. It's our entire identity, right? Yeah. So, um, so to use the word family, I, I certainly do that intentionally. Um, but I, what, what I hope comes across 
is that we are um, a people who act like, who truly act like family, including um, people who don't super get along, right? Yeah. Getting along because we're in this together. We're in this family. And even though I think to the outside world, it's, it's different um, when they're encountered with that alone. Yeah. Because it's super easy in this world to just unfriend somebody and forget they exist. Right. But here you can't do that. Right. Like we're in this together. We we're a part of this family. And so, um, better or worse through arguments, I think, um, in our community group uses the word even right. Mm-hmm. Um, in our community group for so many years at this point, I mean, we've been through some tumultuous times where people are struggling, where people get mad at one another, where whatever. Right. And those are certainly times that I don't like living through and working through, but but if that family identity that we have is um, if we really buy into that and we really do believe that, then it doesn't matter. Like we figure it out. We don't just run, you know, and, um, and it's not like we're a blood family. So the world doesn't understand that. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that differentiates us from the world in that uh, in, in the world of unbelievers, right. Even if you're blood family, there's a sense in which you can just go, you know what? Bye. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm moving to another state, lose my number. Right. Um, and in a world like that, when we're people who voluntarily show up together in whatever setting, um, despite differences, despite frustrations or whatever, and work through it. Um, I think that that is the, uh, that is what I hope people see in us. That's what I strive toward at least for people to see in us, because that I think is the biggest thing that, that, um, makes people go, what? Um, mm-hmm. so no, a hundred percent drop the mic. Yes, 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 yes. Everything you just said. <laughs> I mean, no joke. I think the first thing that I think of, and I, I mean, again, it's, it's, this is why I think it's very important. I mean, I don't think it's, not only is it very important, I think it's a necessity. You're going to have this in your life if you're a believer following Christ, but there's going to be people around you that don't know Jesus uh, either at work or just through relationship that are there. Like you said, it's not even like they, they consented to, to, to be in, in, this, in, this, in these areas, but they're going to see how you interact. And I think the, the two things that you really hit on one was that I think even now families Whereas, you know, the old idea of family was that you stuck together no matter what. Now the idea is that, you know, lose my number and I'm going to move. Like, it's, you're not even family. You're bloody, you're not even family. And that whole idea of being a family is already destroyed. So with that being a base, that, you know, an unbeliever and some believers don't even have an idea of what that looks like. I mean, you call yourself family. Well, I know about my family. My family's broken. Everybody's, you know, and so that, that terminology is already bad for them. But, um, I think what's really beautiful and that I've seen a handful of times and when I, I mean, you just grab onto those times when you see them, but a group of people that are believers that really do see themselves as family in the sense that like we can fight and we can have issues together, but you better not badmouth them. Like the, the, the funniest thing. And the, one of the gifts that I've been given really is my wife's family, which is huge. 
and there may be two people fighting, but you better not like insult the one person to the other person. Cause they may be fighting, but that doesn't give you a right to like open your mouth about them. Like, cause they still, again, they're family. Uh, and it's just funny to see that even when family is aggravated at each other, even when they're fighting, even when they're going after you, like they're still family. There's no, it's not like we're going to leave this. We're just working through something really a little rough right now, but it doesn't mean we're not family anymore. And I think one of the greatest disservices that I've seen recently within the church, and one of the biggest stupid things that I think Christians should probably just get rid of entirely is Twitter, in which it's just like this backbiting at each other back and forth to, for the world to see, right? So now there's this idea that, well, you say you guys are Christians, and now you're just going at each other. And we don't even, even the world doesn't go at each other like this. <laughs> like, it's one of those things where, you know, you claim that you are, you're, you're, you're one in Christ, that you're, you're both Christians, and now you're, I mean, you're just bad-mouthing each other to no end. Um, and I think that's one, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a place to have healthy disagreements, like I said, in a family, but it's one thing to uh, have a healthy disagreement and still know your family. It's an entirely different thing to have a disagreement and just say, you know, you know, goodbye to you. Mm -hmm. Um, that Christian community thing, like you said, is so distinctly different that when an unbeliever walks in, the hope would be, and I'm a hundred percent on board with what you said, that like, yeah, but you guys have different interests, but you're here together. Like you, there's, what do you have in common? Like what, what, it, what is, what you shouldn't be in the same room together. And there yeah. is this, there's this understanding that the unity is in Jesus. This is, we're both here for that. Um, and I think that's where we get sort of uncomfortable sometimes. Um, and this is where like divisions start to happen because we're just like, well, I don't have anything, you know, there's this commonality um, and walking through that, that uncomfortableness or those, those differences. Um, but in the end of the day, we're a community. Um, and I think if we were to act as a family, that would, that's like you said, it's such a bigger deal than the worship and the preaching in lots of regards, because that sends a bigger message out to the world. Um, to where it's, we can have, unlike the world, we can have a disagreement, but we're still family and I'm still got your back. Whereas the world, you know, we're, you know, we have a disagreement. We're probably going to fight. It's going to go to blows and I don't ever talk to you again. Um, Ironically, the church um, at large is terrible at this right now because of some, I mean, different, different beliefs and different things that are going on in culture. I think one of the struggles that we have now, and I feel this here and I know that, that um, I know that it's felt in other areas that are um, more left wing in politics than here. Um, but here it would be super easy to walk into the church or to be met outside of the walls by the church and some sort of community or whatever, um, and be met with, oh, so you guys are just a wing of the Republican Party, right? Um, rather than something totally outside of and better than and different than and deeper than any political party or whatever else. But I think that that's a, that's a summation that people could come to pretty easily. Yeah. Um, now in this era in which we live um, because we, we identify so much um, with a political side or 
um, even with um, being an American more so than sometimes we identify as being in Christ Mm -hmm. as being part of the family of God. And so I think that that, that this family identity that we have is something that we must always have in mind and guard. And this is an identity that we as the church have to live in more um, than we do and understand more the differences between this identity that we have as family and all the other pieces of our, you know, culture, identity, whatever else, right. That is around us. Um, there's one thing, um, that, that Jesus said will identify us in the world. Right. And what is that? And John 13, 34 and 35, love one another, just as I've loved you. You're also to love one another by this. Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So that family atmosphere that even when we butt heads and when we don't have personalities that mix well and whatever else I'm here. And if you ever need anything, I'm here, right? That kind of attitude, that kind of self-sacrificial me second, you first love for one another. That is going to be the, the thing that, makes us stand out in a world that is absolutely the opposite of all of that. Mm -hmm. For sure. And I think it needs to be emphasized too, like how, so just as a healthy family, isn't just, you know, it doesn't just drop into your lap, right? That if you, if you are in a healthy family, um, that that's been cultivated, that has been worked on. There's probably, I guarantee, no, it's not probably, I guarantee you, if you ask back to the history of that family, you're going to find some times where there was some really difficult things that happened. Um, so there was some, probably some tumultuous times, some fight. I mean, something happened that set them on the course to actually become as healthy as they are and still working to become healthier. And the same thing I think is the same thing with the church locally, but also globally. Like, you're not just going to have like that healthy type of family isn't going to just drop in your lap. And if it does, you're super lucky. <laughs> like you, I mean, you are blessed beyond measure. Um, but there's lots of times where there was, there was work that had to go into that. And there's work that's still going into that to keep that healthy. I mean, I've been char- a part of some pretty unhealthy churches and I've been blessed to, um, be dropped into the middle of a healthy church and not had to contribute anything to that was just gifted that. And, but if you ask back, that didn't just happen. Like that was cult, like that was purposely cultivated with, with leaders keeping in mind, like, this is why we're here. We're not going to be derailed by other stupid things and mm-hmm. having to continually hold that line. And I think as the church, I mean, like you said, there's so much stuff coming that we can be so distracted by everything else that we just forget the whole family thing. We start to, we do. I mean, so back in the election of last year, there were people more than one that I heard saying that, you know, you should bring church discipline against people that are in your church that are either Republican or Democrat. It was either side. So they can't be a member here if they're part of this political party because of the certain things that those political parties, you know, had in their, in their party. And I'm just like, you're, you're drawing lines here that are clearly not in scripture. (laughs) Like, like, like you said, this does not scream family of God. This is, I mean, this, this, you're clearly connecting in that case, political party to Christianity. Yeah. And uh, at that point, that becomes incredibly problematic. Um, 
because again, like I think we all want this Christian community that is simple and easy and doesn't cost us anything. <laughs> like sure. it just, I mean, cause that's, that's the unicorn, right. That everyone's chasing. But in reality is this, this, this real family of God, there's, there's pain there. There's heartache there. There's, there's, there's problems that have to be worked through there. And then lots of times in this culture, unfortunately what we've had because family's broken down, we just start to apply the same thing through the church to where if, well, if I don't like this family, I'll just go find a new one. And I mean, you, you have that replicated in culture and then it just replicates in the church. You have dads that don't want to be part of their family anymore because they found some other lady. Fine. You found, you know, they just leave. Um, you, you, same thing. You have this lady that isn't happy in her marriage. So she finds this happier marriage. Right. And you have the same thing replicated in the church to where now, well, I don't like your preaching. So I'll, you know, I'm fighting with this person and you don't like this carpet color. So I'll just go somewhere else then. But before I do, I'll tear this whole thing down and cause a bunch of problems. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I, I love taking a page out of Matt Chandler's book for that. I just, I do that all the time. Um, when the, um, <clears throat> when the the moment calls for it and whatever I'm preaching through or whatever. Um, uh, in fact, here recently, I forget what text it was, but here recently I'm, I said at the end during the, uh, at the end of the sermon, I said um, th- that we, we want to grow here. Um, we, we don't want to grow because you came here mad from another church. Um, if, if that be the case, go back and fix it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if you came here for legitimate reasons from some other church, then, okay, I don't want to chase you out, but, but if there's baggage there and you just left for no apparent reason or because you got mad about something trivial, then grow up, go back and figure it out. Um, we want to grow organically because, Mm -hmm because our Christian community is seen in the, in the neighborhoods that you live in and in the community here in Dickinson and new converts are happening. That's what we want to, that's why we want to grow. Yeah. Right? New sheep, not just sheep trading. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, that is a huge issue, man. And you're right. It like, it is, that's part of the culture at large that has bled into the church. Mm-hmm. Um, you, in fact, when you see uh, some of the addresses that Paul uh, has in his letters in the beginning, when he's addressing these letters to certain places or whatever, he might say something like the churches of Galatia or whatever. So there's a there's a sense in which even in that New Testament era, first century church, um, that even though there were uh, multiple churches um that met in homes and everywhere else um in maybe ephesus or wherever um they were the church Mm -hmm. there was a unity of these members yeah and and so there there wasn't it wasn't a world in which um you know marge gets mad at this house church and leaves and goes and it wasn't that wasn't a thing um it's it's preached against so often even Mm -hmm. right in in scripture and that's good good. uh, yeah so it it, that that's not a thing that's a thing that we've brought from culture into and it's the very thing that that is an enemy of christian community right because that's the thing that makes us look no stinking different than any other thing right different than a club or whatever else because 
if I don't like Sam's club, I can get a membership at Costco. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, that's the, that's the view. Right. And, um, and it can't be like that when, when we, in fact, I have a couple of videos that I put up on our church website, um, under on our, like become a member page. Right. Um, and one of those videos is just explaining what membership is in general in the church. And then the second video is what membership practically looks like here at Hillside. Um, and one of the things that I describe is that this is, um, this is just you publicly declaring I'm in, right? Like I'm here. We're in this thing together. Right. Um, and so that, that's something that constantly I think needs maintenance oh, and preventative sure. and preventative maintenance. Like we have mm-hmm. to do oil changes on time, you know, like, um, because that the world is, is so the opposite of that. Um, now I, I think sometimes we get, this is a rabbit trail. I know it is, but sometimes in the church we get, um, we can get too wrapped up in unity so that we allow um, false teaching and doctrine to just come in for the sake of looking unified. Yeah. No, right? I think that's this a, is an important point on the other side of the tension, what you're saying. Yep. Yeah. That's a problem that we have right now too in the church. Um, so we really need, uh, we really need clear distinction as to what is, what, what are the hills to die on? What are the most important things that we just can't, sorry, like we can't go yeah. there. This is false teaching. And therefore, th- I'm not sure that you're a church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have to know that. But within the, within the church who is, you know, could affirm all the things that would make you a Bible-believing Christian community, um, we absolutely do not have the option just to get frustrated and leave. That is, that is not an option. Um, I think one of, one of the only... Uh, reason, like biblical godly reasons to leave a church and go somewhere else. Um, and I don't want to make that unilateral. One of the only um, reasons is when things are being taught, sung or whatever that are theologically not sound or unbiblical, not just denominationally different, right? But but unbiblical. If I'm teaching false doctrine and you, even then you need to confront, you need to talk it out. You need to try and strive because you're part of a family. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, you know, in the end, if that isn't a thing, if uh, elders aren't willing to hear it, if there's no bending of the knees or whatever, and this false doctrine is just what we believe and preach, well, then it's no longer really a church and and you do need to get into Christian community, but but those are it, it needs to be a good reason is what yeah. i'm saying well, and i think i think your 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 definitions there are helpful in explaining that so i mean you're not just because aunt marge says something crazy one time doesn't mean you leave the family it just means right. that you have that conversation and look you may not come to agreement right i mean if we're going to use the family dynamic and politics let's do that right so aunt marge supports some party and you don't right you're not leaving the family because of that or hopefully you don't because that's a dumb reason and it's one of those things where it's the same with the church, right? I mean, there's a lot of secondary issues. Now, if you're in a family that's incredibly um, abusive, incredibly unhelpful, not, I mean, there, there are certain reasons that you would leave a family, but it's not, again, here, here's, I think this is where your clarifying point was really helpful. It's not done quickly. 
and it's not done hastily. I mean, it's not done where you're just like, well, I'm done. Like it is, it is a thoughtful thing because these are your people. Like these, mm-hmm. these are the people that you grew up around. These are the people that you, you deeply love. You have connections to um, different than the connections you have to other people. And I think if, like you said, that's one of the things as Christians, we have to think about, we, we have to think about it differently than that. I just go here, but this is actually my family. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, your whole approach to things differ. The way I approach a complete stranger that's like kind of bugging me is totally different than I approach a family member that's bugging me because they're my family. Um, you're not just gonna, you know, I mean, it's, it's a different way you talk and act and everything. Um, and you have ironically when they're your family, a ton more compassion for them because they're your family. Um, now again, you may use harsher words that don't seem like that, but, but again, it's because you have that relationship. You can call, I can call, yeah. my wife can call me an idiot and I'm going to take that totally differently than I'm going to talk some stranger calling me an idiot because I know she's calling me an idiot in love. <laughs> it is one of those things where she's trying to get across the point. Um, so, I mean, I, we approach that whole thing differently when we have that aspect. I think that's incredibly important. You're right. Anything yeah. you want to end on with that? I mean, I don't think so. I, I, <clears throat> I guess, I guess, yes. If there's one, one point for me that, that I, of all the things that we've talked about that, that I feel like I, I, I would hope gets across in this episode, it would be that we understand as Christians that the community, our love for one another, how we treat one another, how we act um, is the first thing that, that um, either draws in or punches in the face the unbeliever and the world around us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was true of the first century church it, um, and the second and third and fourth century. I mean, it was true all along. Like the, the ruckus that they caused in Rome was because they loved a lot, right? Um, and... Uh, so that that is something that we always have to keep in mind, right? Like this this is bigger than me um, and what is convenient or what I want or whatever else. This is a bigger picture. We're all part of the family of God, like the old song, right? Um, and And that's a big deal. And we have to understand and believe and know and act as if it's a big deal. Amen. Now I'm going to have, I'm glad I'm a part of the family Family of God. Yeah. I'm going to have this in my head all day now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Grab it. (laughs) Yeah. Get that guitar. All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Hopefully this was helpful. I I know. I mean, it was really just beneficial for, for me for sure. So hopefully it was helpful to you to kind of think through this process a little bit and maybe approach it. Uh, in a different way. We'll talk to you next week in which we talk about praying the hedge of protection and blessing upon people as they go on their journey through this faithful, um, and I've lost it. I lost it, man. I thought I had it. I thought I had it. Anyway, I'll talk to you next week. (laughs) Uh, Bye.